Dennis Prager here. If you have a business or real estate dispute, I strongly recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Barack, you recently handled a case where one brother was suing his two brothers, your clients. What happened? Well, Dennis, the two brothers struggled but succeeded to build three restaurants. But when the third brother returned from being out of the country for 20 years, he sued to get one-third of their business. He claimed an oral deal between them because he had once worked as a cook for them. So what did you do? Well, during trial, we got him to acknowledge certain key dates and to his complete lack of documentation. So when his side rested, we asked the court for what's called a directed verdict, a motion that gets rid of a case after fatal facts come out during trial. And the court agreed, shooting down all but one of the brothers' causes of action. And we settled that one for a very small amount and excused the jury. And justice was done. My friends, you know that I trust Barack Lurie with my own business and other legalities. So to make sure a deal is done right, call him for your own legal issues at 866-575-8111. That's 866-575-8111. Fighting for what's right, Barack Lurie at Lurie and Park, 866-575-8111. With me, as always, my good friend and producer, Ari David. Thanks, Ari, for being here. Always a pleasure. It's my job. <laughs> you push the buttons, as you say. No, but he contributes quite a bit to the show, and I appreciate that. Listen, um, I'm going to start this show with a emblematic cartoon that I remember from that great cartoon strip called The Far Side, Gary Larson, right? And I guess he was really big in the uh, late 80s and, and throughout the 90s, right? And uh, pretty much he ended sometime in the late 90s. And, and he retired. It's, it's such a brilliant point. Um, but there's one cartoon that I remember. Uh, it's so emblematic. And no, it's not the one with the three cows or the, the cows who are standing up. And then when a car passes by, they all lie down like regular cows. And then when the car passes, they all stand up and continue to talk. That's the, that's the ultimate famous one, right? No, the one I'm thinking about is a cartoon where... You see this uh, kid going to a school, a school for the gifted, it says on the, the door. And, and he's, he's pushing the door, and the door says, the door near the, the doorknob says pull, right? <laughs> so he's just pushing it there, and he just can't seem to get it, <laughs> completely pushing it. And, um, and, he, and he obviously is not doing anything with the school for the gifted, right? <laughs> and it made me think. This is the way that liberal ideology is, isn't it, right? Those on the, on the far left, I'm not talking about everyone, but the far left, they will continue to push when the sign says pull, right? And, and I can prove this all day long because, as we've said many times on the show, that liberal ideologies have never worked. Not, there's not one policy that has ever worked, not one. And you can say all day long that welfare uh, works and social security works. This is the kind of the mantra I get from some of my lefty friends. But the, how you can say with a straight face that social security is working is really beyond me. I mean, it's, all you're doing is just, just robbing from other sources of government, government and paying people. And then, you know, they're confusing with the fact that, that they're confusing the fact that a, a program is existing for a program that is working, right? I mean, it's, it's not working. If, if, for example, in this law firm, if I have no, um, uh, no clients at all and I don't get paid 
And, uh, but I, I managed to make payroll by just borrowing or stealing from, from other people. And then the, the people go home and they say, well, law firm is doing well. <laughs> it, no, it's, it's, a, it's not doing well under that circumstances. Yeah, one of these days you will be caught convicted and incarcerated. That's right. And the checks will stop being signed. <laughs> That's right. But the difference, of course, is that we're talking about the government. And the government apparently can do anything it wants, including a big Ponzi scheme. And it is a Ponzi scheme. Everyone has to acknowledge that. But so it's not just Social Security. It's likewise with welfare, likewise with affirmative action, likewise with higher taxes, higher regulations, everything that we so often talk about. They're just wrong as wrong can be, as you often like to say, and I think you're right. Um, liberal ideology is the kid pushing on the door when the sign clearly says pull. Right? That's what you need to do. So uh, we, we, we talk, here's an example that we want to talk about. And it's just one example of many. Abortion. Um, I, we talk about abortion from time to time on the show. And I used to think much more um, liberally about abortion, meaning uh, liberally in, in, the, in the true sense of the word, uh, that uh, it, it, uh, abortion is perfectly fine and Planned Parenthood is a good thing and it's you know right to choose and um, right of a woman to do with her body as she wishes and so on, all, all those things. Now, let me make this very clear. There's a difference between saying that, that these these mothers who have an abortion or doctors perform abortions, whether they should be criminalized and they should go to jail, and uh, saying that, that abortions are immoral. I'm with the latter camp. I think that they, should be Im that they are immoral. Uh, I think there are certain circumstances with abortions where it should be criminalized, just like uh, Gosnell, for example. Clearly, he did horrific things. Uh, but by and large, I think it's a question of morality. I think Dennis Prager feels the same way. Uh, and you're not going to criminalize abortions. It's just not going to happen. But getting out the word to show, to, to treat abortion as a question of morality, that's the main challenge. And, and as Dennis likes to say, or likes to pose a question, is there such a thing as an immoral abortion in your eyes? That's the, it's a beautiful question. And I think that there, well, most abortions are immoral. And anyway, here's the point that we want to make about how uh, wrong the liberal position has been on abortions. One of the mantras you hear all the time, and we talked about this uh, uh, last week, I think, was about how abortions uh, should be allowed for health of the mother considerations, as well as incest and rape, right? But we talked a lot about the health of the mother, and that was a, a driving force. Okay. Supposing that's the case, right? And then it begs the question, of course, of what, what constitutes health, health, health of the mother. I mean, is, is she, you know, she's going to suffer from a, a headache, a massive headache because she's pregnant and she doesn't like the hormones. Well, that's not really a health of the mother, the situation. You, you get the image when you hear about the health of the mother, you get this image of, well, if this baby is born, then horrible things are going to happen to the mother and she's going to die as a result of loss of bleeding, uh, loss of blood or whatever. Never mind that that just doesn't happen anymore, not, not with today's technology, okay? So, um, and, and even when, even before this technology, it happens so rarely that it's, 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 a, it's an exception that swallows the rule. It should not be uh, a marginal argument that we should be um, uh, focusing on. Right, so now uh, the issue is, okay, health of the mother. 
How about this question? Do abortions affect the health of the mother more or less than the health of the mother if she continues on with the pregnancy and gives birth? Query, query, anybody have the answer to this? And the answer is, is out there. The answer is that it is by and large much more unhealthy for women to have abortions for their own health and including their own lives than it is to just go forward with the pregnancy. That's what we're, that's what we're finding out. Now, where does this come out? I think, Ari, you, you heard about an article in, in Chile, arising out of Chile, right, where they did outlaw abortions altogether. And I'm sure there were some illegal abortions that performed yeah, here and the there. the nation of Chile, not the nation. a hot pepper. Right, I'm sorry, the nation of Chile. Yeah. Right. So tell me a little bit about that. Uh, Chile. Tell us a little bit about that. The, country, the nation of Chile outlawed abortions a while ago, and as it turns out, the uh, mortality rate for women has dropped. Dropped. Right. And, and well, now now somebody on the left will say, well, wait a minute, the mortality rate may have dropped as a result of better medicine. You know, after all, it did change from Pinochet's uh, regime, which was horrific, to now a much more democratic regime. Uh, so therefore, um, you know, the mortality rate overall for all people has has improved. Um, so what, what do you say to that? Uh, in the case of this, apparently that the regime change had nothing to do with it because Pinochet has been out of business for, I don't know, a decade or so? More than that, yeah. Yeah, a while. It's been about 20 years. Yeah. Um, I think that the, because I read the article, and as I recall, the article actually followed through on showing how many women died as a result of abortions uh, versus died as a result of actually giving birth. And the abortion, uh, the, the countries that provide a lot of abortions, the, the people forget that women die of abortions quite frequently. I'm not saying all the time, but uh, very often they will die. And there's all sorts of complications with abortion. Uh, putting aside, by the way, the fact that if you uh, have an abortion, you, you you're, as a woman, put yourself at risk of not being able to have children later on. There's that risk, and it happens a lot. So that's the ultimate penalty, isn't it, right? That you, you decide to discard one life, and then now you, without realizing it, you forfeit your ability to have a baby later on in your life. What a tragedy. What a tragedy. Uh, but I suppose you can argue, well, if abortions are done correctly with a highly professional staff and such, then, uh, then you won't have this problem. Yeah, well, I think the okay, point... But, but then I argue in response to that, well, can't we say that the exact same argument when, with, when delivering a baby uh, from, from a, a full-term pregnancy? Yes. Yeah, well, that won't happen. You won't have a death of a woman giving birth if you have a highly trained staff. Yeah, I think, I think the big issue that we're talking about here is an attitude by many on the left, which is that an abortion is a beautiful, natural thing, and a pregnancy is like acquiring a temporary form of cancerous tumor that, if you're lucky, becomes uh, you pass right. at the nine-month mark. Right. It, it's interesting. When really it's the opposite. The abortion is the completely unnatural act that's loaded full of complications. And a pregnancy is a natural thing that if uh, certain things are in place, medical attention, uh, supplements, et cetera, should by and large go okay. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's, an, interesting, it's an interesting argument, and I think that's 100% right. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, we're designed, we humans are designed to, uh, to get pregnant, at least the women are, right? Uh, the men have to participate in that process. 
and they get pregnant, and then they deliver a baby. There's nothing uh, natural about the abortion process other than the, the fear, I suppose, of, of being pregnant and the, the stigma associated with, for some people, of being pregnant and, and delivering a baby that's out of wedlock or whatever. I, I understand that. That's the only natural part of it. But the actual abortion surgery process, totally unnatural. Yeah, totally. What, what other species of fauna or flora? I mean, <laughs> I'm considering flora in this too. Yeah. Forget it. Let's just pretend humans don't exist. So humans aren't doing this to other species. But is there any other species on Earth of either plant or animal that aborts its own or another species' children? Yeah, that's, uh, that is one of the big distinctions between uh, humans and uh, animals. That's not one of the good distinctions, right? Yeah, but you know... We, we talk about good distinctions right. like, like uh, free, poetry. free will, poetry, music, uh, a sense of beauty, a sense of purpose. All the, and we can go on to a myriad, a bunch of other things. But there's also some disgusting differences, too. Uh, we, we kill and maim each other uh, in, in the most horrific ways. We torture each other. Uh, and animals don't do that. Yeah, they might maim, but they don't torture. Yeah. They don't they don't keep a victim alive on end, yeah. just tormenting them That's for right. yeah. a span of time. Animals, generally speaking, the worst that they do to each other is that they rape, right? I mean, that's that's the bottom line of that. But that's the worst. That there's, there's oh, that, say, that hippo wanted it. <laughs> Terrible. Please. <laughs> uh, but they don't torture. They don't engage in mass slaughter and such, such like that. And they also don't abort, right? That's one of the... What are the other very evil sides, distinctions between uh, humans and animals? It's not a, not a pretty distinction. Yeah, and if our friends on the left are constantly criticizing humanity for doing things that are unnatural, like driving cars, building buildings, living with air conditioning, and using light bulbs, yes. that means thus 90% of the things animals do are thus natural and okay. Right. You'd have to conclude that not aborting is natural and okay. Exactly right. And abortions are, are itself, uh, you know, uh, unnatural, right? In the same way that they, you know, I'm speaking about like hippies when I'm thinking about it. They, they, they choose not to use deodorant. They choose not to cut their hair, right? They choose not to shower. They choose uh, not to even get a job for that matter. And, uh, and so they consider that very natural, right? And of course, to us, it's very offensive. They have body odor and everything else. But you would think that these same people would, would, would say, hey, man, don't abort. It's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah, right? it's not natural. It's an expression of your love. Okay, fine. You know what? That's a love baby. And Great. that's consistent. <laughs> it's very consistent. So maybe we're the true hippies here, right? By being, I've always by said being we're really the true liberals <laughs> as far <laughs> be, as classic By being pro-life, I think it's consistent with, with at least that mentality. But you, you, you see the inconsistency, and that's the, the point we're trying to make, is that the, this kind of world of you know, ride your bicycle and uh, carbon footprint and uh, things that are natural versus unnatural and oh, organic food versus non-organic food. Good example, right? The GMO food and non-GMO food, genetically modified, right? Um, the, you know, they're all about that. But when it comes to um, an inconvenient pregnancy, well, kill it, man. And do it quickly. Yeah. Oh, and use whatever medical technology available to you will do it. That's right. That that was not that available. That was developed naturally. by Monsanto and Archer Dandel and Midland. Right. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. Well, anyway, let, let's. I don't want to drill down on abortion too much because uh, it is one topic, though. It, it reveals yet again um, the the inconsistency and also the failure to 
recognize the realities on the ground. And that's why I brought the example of the Gary Larson cartoon, the Far Side cartoon, with the kid pushing the, the door where it says pull. They just don't see the answers that are right in front of them, or at the very least, they don't, they, they don't, uh, they, they refuse to acknowledge the full picture. Okay. Now the same thing is true. Um, we, we talked about uh, how, and this is a little bit of a different topic, but it does segue nicely. We talked before about how liberals are very good with other people's money, right? They're very generous with, with your money, <laughs> not with their own I don't money. know if they're good with it, but they like to spend it. That's right, yeah. In they're, large amounts. They're very generous with <laughs> your money. How about that? Yeah, they have all sorts of great ideas. And, uh, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, was, I was telling you this offline. I, I went, we celebrated my, my wife's uh, birthday, and we went, did this obstacle course. And we had, like, four different obstacles. You know, one of them was a catwalk, one was one of them was a, a tightrope, the other one was a leap of faith thing. And you're all safe and everything else that you're tied on with ropes. It's cool. But another one was the rock wall. And this one was one of the harder rock walls that I've ever done. And I, I enjoy doing rock walls. It's, a, it's quite a challenge. And so I go on this rock wall and it's hard. Um, I'm one of the only one in the, ones in the group that actually gets to the top, I'm proud to say. But it was hard. And as I'm getting up there toward the middle, I hear a lot of the people down below me who, who are never going up whatsoever saying, you should t use your right foot and, and there's, a, there's a cog right there. Just put your right foot right there. I Is thought it you said they were the people who fell. <laughs> no, no, they didn't. No, they, oh, oh, they didn't do it at all. They didn't do it at all, yeah. Okay. But they were giving me all this advice, you <laughs> right. know, how to do this, right? It's so easy for them. Like, you don't know how hard it is to do some of these things. You're, you're, every muscle of yours is moving at the same time, and there's a lot of balance involved. But to them, it seems so easy, right? And it struck me, you know, as they're giving me all this, you know, advice. <laughs> you know, the back, what do you call it, backseat passenger or whatever? Backseat driver. Backseat driver, yeah. So they're, they're backseat driving with me. Telling me how easy it's so simple right there in front of them. It's it's like when my kid tells me, you know, when, when I say uh, sometimes, you know, well, we can't buy that now; it's a little too expensive. And my kid says, "Well, just make more money." <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, this is this is from a four-year-old's point of view, right? And now they wouldn't say that because they understand how how what it takes to make money. But but it's, it's a childish mentality, right? And so you can't for, you can forgive the four-year-old for saying that because he doesn't know better. From his perspective, that makes perfect just sense. Just make money, yeah. and there it is. Okay. Yeah. So, but that's the way that liberals—not uh, not every liberal, of course—but a lot of the, those on the far left, and in fact, everyone on the far left does believe that on the far left, but not all liberals. But the point is that liberal ideology is so—it's so, it's so um, shallow. It just fails to. They're they're like the ones telling you on the rock wall exactly where to put it in, not, not adjusting whatsoever for, for the realities of your, your agility, your abilities to move over three feet over there. It's not as if my arm can extend. I'm not like Elasto Man who can now grab that, that uh, rock that, that will allow me to then have some leverage to climb to the next level. It's not like that. And, uh, but, but they're very good with you know, the, 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 left, the leftists. They're very good about telling you how you should run your life. They're very good about how they should spend your money. They're very good about um, how, uh, uh, you know, in terms of affirmative action and all these other things. You know, one of the things I wanted to do was title this podcast, maybe we will, Other People's Money. The notion that 
um, they're good with other people's money. They're, they're generous with other people's money. And it struck me that don't they do this with everything, right? When it comes to minimum wage, they're telling basically every employer out there, this is what you can afford, right? This is, it's other people's, other people's money. This is what you can do. And it sounds good to me, $15 an hour. Why not 22 you know, at what point do they decide what's good, what, what I, as the employer, am able to do, right? Just like the rock wall. It's exactly like the rock wall. Same thing with higher taxes. You can afford it. It's just another 3% for you. Really? Have you, have you looked at my books? And how, how can you decide what's going to work for me? Same thing with, with the unions and their love of unions, right? Unions are always good in their eyes, or at least uh, mostly good. And therefore... Um, you know, you should, you should do what the unions want. They want a higher salary. They want more benefits. They want more breaks. This is what you should do for them. And, and they're very, it's, it's as if they'd never actually climbed that rock wall. They, they have no sense of it. And, and that's the difference, isn't it? It's, a, it's an other people's money attitude. And that's why the government fails so often is because it's one big example of spending other people's money. Nobody, there's nobody in charge saying, hey, that's my money you're spending. You know, when somebody in my law firm decides that they're going to send something by FedEx that could have been sent by regular mail, I get upset. You know, for, for myself, because I'm going to eat that cost. They think it's just, you know, FedEx. Oh, big deal, FedEx. But that's $20 versus 50 cents. That could have been... You know, it's spent instead. Uh, and, if, and, and they'll say, well, what does it matter? You can just you know, send it to the client. I don't want the client to pay that. I'm not going to let the client pay that. I'll pay that before I let them do it. If there's a true emergency that requires overnight mail and I need a confirmation of it, okay. But don't do it this way, right? But the government doesn't think this way. They don't. It's not their money. They're incentivized to think the opposite because there's no accountability. Right. It's it's like having an employee who gets a raise every time he sends it by FedEx versus regular first class yeah, mail. That's a good point. That's why they get all these bonuses, right? Yeah. The IRS uh, recently... They get bo- finish your thought. Yeah. Bonuses for failure. For failure. Exactly right. It is bonuses for failure. You know, the, the massive bonuses like uh, that guy, God, who was in charge of Fannie Mae after a collapse, and he got a $10 million bonus oh, it was, it, after it, was, it went bankrupt. It was exquisitely painful to, to see that. It's, it's one thing if you say, okay, look at these, these big corporations uh, that are private, um, and the CEO is forced out or whatever it is, or he resigns, and he still collects a huge golden parachute as a result of, of his tenure there. Well, that's something he negotiated ahead of time with the company who doesn't want to lose money, right? And the stock price might have gone for $3 a share to $40 a share. The, the stockholders made a ton of money of value. Yeah, sure. Okay, fine. Right, but, but, but somebody has bargained for that on the other side. Right. The employer has, a, has, has bargained for that. Or in, the, in that example, the, 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 the board has bargained for that. But, but the government just throws out this money and bonus, bonus, bonus to, to retain who exactly? Lois Lerner. <laughs> Apparently. Right? <laughs> this, this loser. Uh, and she is a loser. But the bonuses that came out to the IRS and now the IRS is complaining that it doesn't have enough money and yet it paid out so much money to their, their people. Likewise with, uh, uh, do you remember, I forget who it was, uh, uh, they had these videos in Las Vegas 
from a long time ago. Those training videos with the Star trainers. Trek sketches. Yes, yeah. yes, and they had all sorts of. Uh, in in the good old days, before the, the IRS champagne. was denying. Uh, tax-exempt status to conservatives based on political beliefs. They were just wasting money. <laughs> Look at all this. <laughs> but, but so this is, this is the kind of stuff that's so emblematic. And, and here's what I'm proposing to you, is that if you are, as a, as, as a liberal listener, uh, whatever program you like that you think is effective, ask yourself, is this just backseat driving? Am I acting like the the guys that Barack is talking about who are down on the ground telling me, the rock wall climber, how to move around and that they know better, right? Which is it? And, and more importantly, are you basically telling somebody else how to do their job, how to spend their money, what is, what, what is profitable, what will work for them, okay? Because if almost every liberal ideology has this, I'm, I'm, I'll allow for the possibility that there are some that don't allow, that don't do that but it's hard for me to think of any right now. But they all, in some ways, uh, dictate terms uh, for other people. Affirmative action is another good example of that, isn't it? Um, the classic example is that it, it demands quotas of people, of, of employers. Here's how you are going to hire people. You're gonna hire this percentage of, of uh, black people and Hispanic people and so on, and you will look, you, my dear employer, We'll look at somebody's skin color, and you will make decisions based upon that skin color. You, sir, will be racist. Yes, it's reverse racist, but by golly, you're going to be racist. And I want you to do this. And that's the, that's the good that you can now do for us. Okay? You're, you're, going to, you're going to take care of us that way. And we said this the same thing about regulations, right? All these regulations about how you should run your business... Never mind that they themselves are not, have no idea how to run a business. None. But they're, they're full of ideas of how you should run your business. Right? Minimum wage is the same thing we talked about before. There's almost nothing you can talk about in the classic liberal ideology set that doesn't in some way involve somebody uh, backseat driving, telling you how you should climb that rock wall. <laughs> and that's the frustrating part of it. Um, this is, this is the ultimately where we're always leading to. It's about other people's money. It's about telling people how to behave. And, and Dennis Prager talks about this. In, you know, Deep-seated in every liberal, liberal ideology is, uh, is tyranny. It's a form of control. And, you know, we've talked so many times, and we've said declaratively, look, if socialism or communism or Nazism worked, sign us up. You know, if right. if it, it provided a maybe, civil, maybe not Nazism, not, not, well, you Nazism, mean fascism. Nazism or fascism is communism, essentially. I understand, but Nazism had a different play. Go ahead. I'm not talking about rounding up the Jews and killing them. I'm right. saying if these societies provided prosperity for all or most, civil society and civility for everyone, safety and and wholesomeness in raising children, we'd be the first people to sign up for these ideologies because we're only interested in what works. Right. So. The liberal backseat driving does not bother us in and of itself. What bothers us is that they're driving us into the ditch, as they love to say. Right. The yeah, car winds up hitting the pole. Right, and then they'll project and say that we're the ones driving. Oh, us you were driving. The ditch. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was your car. Yeah. Yeah, but we drove where you forced us to by screaming at us while we're trying to operate a vehicle safely. 
Well, that's exactly right. <laughs> you know, putting exactly a gun right. to our head while we're driving will make us go where you tell us. Right. Well, the housing bubble was exactly that situation, wasn't it? Where uh, the liberal policy was basically telling people, this is what you're going to do. Uh, and in this case, it was lenders. Telling lenders, this is how you're going to run your business. These are the risks that you're going to take. And uh, by golly, if you fail on this, well, we'll either bail you out or we'll accuse you of being very greedy. <laughs> it's one of the two. We'll decide when we get to that, right? Other people's money. That's what this is all about at the end of the day. And um, it's, it's a frightening situation because behind every liberal uh, ideology is somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Or in the case of uh, recent events, uh, other people's police forcing enforcement right. you know you will you will police a protest this way you will you will yeah. arrest only that way yeah but what if they're burning down uh, mom and pop liquor uh, that's their right their right to commit arson well but but more to your point about how the police should act right never mind I mean it's it's, it's all good and well when they tell the, the the police that they should they should not stop the following people and such guess who gets impacted the most? on these looser restrictions, or sorry, uh, restrictions upon the cops. Guess who suffers the most? That's right, the people in the poor areas. Who are the, the victims of the crime. Right, the people in the rich areas tend not to have very much crime there in the first place. And they have their alarms and they have private security and everything else. So it's all good and well to talk about it in the abstract from a rich person's point of view or from even a middle-income person's point of view. But try living in the poor areas. <clears throat> you think they enjoy uh, having a lot of crime out there? Of course not. But um, this is the point. Behind every liberal ideology is somebody who doesn't know what he's talking about. Friends, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. This is Barack Lurie. This has been the Barack Lurie Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you real soon. Stop.